Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast video edition. We are thankful that you are tuning in today. First of all, props to my producer, my wife. (laughs) I won't even get into it. If y'all only knew what this takes to make a simple video podcast take place in this house, you would be very impressed. Um, Primarily though, uh, before we get started, I just want to thank you for listening to to this message, to this teaching. It's not a favorable word. If you made it through the introduction the other day, which we will review and measure, then kudos to you. Because a lot of people, myself included really, for many years anyway, for whatever reason it doesn't bother me anymore, but whenever anything encroaches upon just these deep-seated beliefs, it's really hard for us to be not it's not just hard to let go it's hard to even position and posture ourselves to be willing to let go and so if you made it through the almost 1 hour long introduction of this series congratulations you did well um and as i promised we're going to get into the meat of this teaching today i don't know still how many parts it's going to be the last couple of days, I, I've spent some more time on it as recently as, as up to the last until 30 minutes ago of just really, as I share with regularity here, this leads to this, leads to this, leads to this. And I just, the word of God is so immense, huge. The layers that are therein are mind boggling. And so You've got to take all of this that I'm going to share today and, and, and what we'll talk about in, in upcoming episodes within this series specifically. This is barely scratching the surface of these things. It's, it's, it's limitless, literally. To review a little bit, this series titled Inhabitants Who Were Meant to Sojourn, A Call to Come Out, is examining primarily the the... The call, the biblical call, the mandate really for the people of God to come out from among them. Now we will have to establish in measure, at least, who are the them? What is the the kingdom we're coming out of? What is the the land we're coming out of that that we're called to be removed from? What is it we're even leaving? Well, sadly, it's not just evil, pagan, you know, all these things that we just hate. It's things that we love. It's our identity. It is our former condition. When we were outside of our identity being grafted in to become a part, a component of the the nation of Yahweh God, a chosen people, royal, a chosen nation, a royal priesthood, We have had to exit something. And and it would do Christian America well, which I said in the introduction, that this is primarily who this is directed towards, is the capital C corporate church, primarily within the Christian American evangelical patriotic mindset that, that is just all around my life individually. Not in my home, not in here, but it is the the world that I am immersed into because I am a Christian, which takes unpacking, but for the sake of time, I'm a follower of Yeshua, Jesus, Messiah, the Son of God. And I'm in the nation of America, the United States of America. 
which aren't so united. We talk about that all the time. But that being said, we are called out of things sometimes that maybe we wish we weren't. Maybe we have just tried hard enough and crammed just enough Jesus and Bible and doctrinal texts and understandings and principles. We've, we've for generations, crammed so hard a dialect, a thought process, to align our biblical identity in Yahweh God into a national, natural kingdom of men. I believe wholeheartedly to the core of my being that is, in fact, the Christian, Christian American evangelical church. Hands down. No question. No one has been able to, to sway me on that for many years now. I, I, I mentioned in the introduction how 12 or 13 years ago I took almost two years of time, my wife and I looking into the founding of the nation and questioning everything we had been told in school and in church and in sermons and in favorable word and favorable word and blessing and blessing and blessing. God shed his grace on the beautiful America. And I just started questioning things because in my heart now, in my heart, I found a very unsettled place with, I feel like the church is really cozy here. I feel I feel like the 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 American church is very she's very comfortable lavish living and I don't just mean nice houses I mean in here I mean our hearts we're we're beyond content we're 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 obese with the luxuries of this land the blessings and favor that we say God has given us here which is in, is not arguable really that's not the point the point is, what are we doing with what we've been given? Now, a little bit of review before we move further, because, man, I'm telling you, there's no way, even if I break this up into parts, that we will keep each part under an hour. I mean, I've got pages and pages and pages and pages. I've got to choose and extract and submit to the Spirit, and hopefully hopefully, the Father will be kind to help this to, to come out in any way that makes a bit of sense without rambling and, and, and distractions. So we talked about how I'm convinced that the church of this hour does not need four more years of favor and blessing and greatness and greatness and greatness and greatness. She needs brought low. She needs laid low. She needs judgment. She needs correction. She needs a heavy hand of discipline from the Father. I am convinced personally, although this places me in the minority in, in, in record time, that although much of the church, pretty much all of the church, again, I can't really find anyone not giving a favorable prophetic word towards the American church. I do not believe she will find repentance in more and more and more success, lavish living, free from persecution, correction, and discipline. I do not believe she will find her way I don't think she's finding the way now, and, I, and I've not seen that as a pattern here in this nation. In my 47 years of living, I have not seen blessing and favor and continued cushy living where the church is actually favored and blessed and in this weird view of reverence, not because she loves Yeshua now, but because she just blends in, because she 
is just pretty much like everyone else. There is no, there is not much set-apart reality remaining in the church today. Although I would say it's returning in measure. I think the only road to true repentance is down to our knees. And, and sadly, like all of us have to be willing to admit that's going to take some tough, tough things. This year has proven that. But this year has also proven the church is going to require more. She's going to need more. And she can either kick it and fight back and try to be strong and more than overcomers and all those things. We won't take it. Or she can take it. And she can take it rightly and respond in humility and hit the floor with her knees and cry out to God. Whatever comes, Yahweh. Whatever comes, O great Father, it's from your hand. We welcome it. We receive it. We respond in one thing, repentance, dependence, confession. We need you, and we are not called to be inhabitants here. We're going to drive that home with with some text. I don't even want to cover all this stuff because we're just going to use up so much time. Identity, um, allegiances, we talked about that. We talked about Genesis chapter 12 where Yahweh began to establish a biblical pattern for his people with the first man of his people, Abraham, go from your country, leave your relatives, leave all this, this, and this that you know that you're used to, hear my voice, Shema, hear hear and obey, respond, turn, go. I will show you a land. Be holy, set apart in all your behavior. We talked about that. Watch yourself, Exodus chapter 34, verse 12. We talked about how dependence upon any other source, nationalism, nationalism, nationalism. We say in God we trust, but we don't. We trust in the Constitution. We trust in the right to bear arms. We we trust in all these governmental nationalism-driven ideals, not Yahweh God himself. We're going to prove that. Hands down, in case that's a question and anybody wants to really argue that point, it takes 10 seconds to just obliterate it, but I know it's a, it's a very huge component of, of, of driving the evangelical machine. We were told in Exodus 34, 12, Watch out for yourself. You make no covenant with the inhabitants of the land into which you're going so that it does not become a snare in your midst. Look, we're going to take all this stuff and we're just going to throw it away. We've got to move. Okay, you're listening to the Path to Zion podcast. You can find us 24-7 at pathtozion.com. You can send us an email at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. Click subscribe, share all these. I don't care about likes and all that stuff, but I do get motivated at people sharing links to videos and to audio teachings because this is what gets the snowball of thought going within the corporate church for someone, anyone, saying something that's different. That's what this is. We're going to refute these constantly favorable words that always say God has to rain down blessing on us because we are Christian Americans, dang it. He has to. (laughs) Um, I did share, I want to touch on this real quick. If you have not watched the introduction, please go back and do that. I share how three or four nights, five nights now, at 3.30 in the morning, the Lord woke me up 
by a, a circumstance I don't have time to explain, spoke Isaiah chapter 58 to me. I read it and it talks about bringing correction to the church, to God's people, saying, stop pointing the finger. Stop speaking lies. It doesn't say lies, but wickedness, evil. Stop spewing all these words and pointing fingers and pointing fingers and talks about speaking out what's true. And so I'm telling you, that's the only reason I finally got a green light to take this study from in here to here. And so I do not see blessing and favor coming to America. And this leads us to the greater, more specific study, specifically, that we're going to talk about for the next however many moments, okay? All of this must be filtered through our present-day understanding of who we're called to be. If you are a regenerated Christ man, if your identity has gone into the Son, Yeshua, the Messiah, the Emmanuel God man, and your goal and your trajectory is to walk as he walked, do as he did, speak as he did, which he he spoke what he heard the Father speaking, and he did what he saw the Father doing, he told us on earth as it is in heaven, and we have a mindset and a perspective that is from a heavenly abode, where we are now seated beside him now in heavenly places, equally so, just as we are here, as I'm sitting right here in front of a camera and a microphone, I am equally seated now in heavenly places. It makes no sense. It doesn't even seem real, but it is by faith an absolute sure thing truth. So all of these things have to be from a perspective of getting outside of our nationalism-driven thinking and what I have heard man after man after man say in the last 30 days or so, I don't care what a man does, says, thinks, how he behaves, what he believes, I don't care. I have one question when I vote, when I go to the polls, what will this do for me? What will this do for me? And will it, will it continue to perpetuate moral decisions? Well, morality is nebulous. It's always changing. And by generation by generation, oh my goodness, morality is old news, friends. We have to get back to godliness and we have to get back to being holy as he is holy. And character matters. Who people are, what people say. And even overreaching all of that and realizing there's a, there is a principle at play called the myth of a man. Now, you don't know a leader any more than that leader knows you. We don't know these men. We have got to be spiritual men with spiritual discernment, walking as men according to the Spirit's leading direction and even know what that even is, instead of just hearing the word of, a, of another ear-tickling prophet and another guy on a news program and this author and this... You know what? We just... Oh, yeah. Yep, true, true, true. This is me watching YouTube videos. True, true, yep. All of those things line up with what I already believe. Like that guy, this is what we do. And that's really the elementary principle of the evangelical machine that I keep referencing as a machine is because it just goes along and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and the wide, wide way gets wider and it's swallowing the elect. I said this in the introduction, it is swallowing elect people that I know, and I'm just being honest, it makes me angry. It makes me angry because people who who just are always talking about discernment, discernment, discernment. I'm a man of discernment. She's a woman of discernment. We know what's true, yet they are steeped up above their heads in nationalism. 
in the promotions of the patriotic evangelical American ideal that is not a biblical ideal. It didn't start as one, which we could argue all day about that. It's not one today. Look at the fruit of this nation and anyone tell me that the fruit of this nation as a whole, as an identifiable people, is full of holy, consecrated, godly people who follow Yeshua Messiah and keep God's laws. Is that what we see? No, we don't. So this leads us to the greater, more specific study. We're already how many minutes in? Oh my goodness, we got to roll. It's primarily Old Testament text for the most part. We're going to use a few New Testament verses just to kind of connect the two and, and, and do what I'm always trying to do, which is continue to promote the perpetuity of this eternal scriptures, capital S, not, not old and new. And I don't, you, if you've watched any programs, I don't need to go into that. We must willingly examine ourselves to see what areas in our own lives are in disobedience to be called a sojourner instead of a dweller. Okay? Who are we called to be? What is our identity? In what ways we have to line up our lives on the wall and and look at these characteristics, qualities, identifiers of are we a dweller? Or a sojourner. And like we could do this all day long. We could take components of our life. My 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 business, my home, my man, my what this is this could take hours. And we could take these out, put them under the a lamp on a table, and look at that and say, okay, is that component of my life more based upon nationalism ideas, plans, functions, patterns? Or spiritual principles. A sojourner-based lifestyle where everything I do filters through first and foremost. I am not called to dwell here and to be an inhabitant here. Man, we're going to drive that home. Okay, so we have to do these little bit of word study first to kind of make sure we're speaking the language of the author here. The language of the word of God and not your opinion or mine about like, okay, when I hear... The word sojourner, okay, got it. Know what that means. Go ahead. No, we cannot start as a baseline understanding our own intellect, our own thoughts of even what this mental dictionary of certain words are. We have to be clear from the beginning because your opinion and mine mean nothing when it comes to what these words are truly saying. And so they're going to be very important for us to establish from the very beginning. I am not a Hebrew teacher. I'm sure not a Greek scholar. I will do my best to pronounce these words the best I know how. If they're wrong, they're wrong. Okay, sojourn or sojourner in Hebrew is gar or ger. I can't roll my R's. My wife and son do it great. They they learn Hebrew better than I do. Either way, it is a temporary inhabitant to be a stranger or an alien. So this Hebrew sojourner is a temporary inhabitant a stranger, or an alien. Now, it's also related to this word toshav. We see both this gar and toshav in Psalm 39. Both of these appear here, and I'm just trying to create a little baseline again of understanding of what these words mean as we read these texts that are yet before us. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cry for help. Do not be silent to my tears, for I am a stranger... Toshav, 
with you. One who lives abroad like all my fathers. He's saying, I am a sojourner. I'm a traveler. I'm an alien here. I am with you. I'm considered a stranger in this land. Now, this land is... Oh, this... We can't go to everything. We can't take every road. The New Testament understanding in Hebrews. Speaking of spiritual fathers. And the reason I put this in is New Testament, yes. But... It references back to Old Testament fathers, those who have gone before us. All these died in faith without receiving the promises. We know these verses. But having seen and welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth, they confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things, they make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. Well, why can't they establish their own country in a kingdom of men? Why can't they put down their roots and put down God's laws and establish this and establish this and establish this and create their own country? Shouldn't they be able to do that? They made it clear by confession that they were strangers and exiles, that they are seeking a country of their own. They're seeking out somewhere else. Somewhere else that cannot, will not, be crammed and established into a kingdom of men. Why? Because it's from the Father. Because it's from Him. It's literally, just like we're going to talk about in measure, and we see come out of the heavens, new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, descends down on earth, and boom! Yahweh God brings a country. He brings a dwelling. He brings a permanency that is in the not yet reality of us here on earth. Now this is complex and we're going to explain it, but it's going to take some time. Okay, verse 15 in Hebrews. I don't remember the chapter. I think it's 8. Indeed, if they, those who had no country of their own, those who were strangers, strangers, those who were exiles, if they had been thinking of that country which they had left, which they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Christian America, listen to this. I know you know this verse, but do you listen to it and know it according to what I'm presenting? But as it is, they desire a better country. They didn't desire to improve or make the country they were already in more God-pleasing. They were waiting and longing for something entirely different. Something that the kingdoms of men could not contain. Was never meant to. But they are instead desiring a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He, He... Yahweh has prepared a city for them. Friends, I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying the word of the Lord says this, but friends, what if it boils down to you're going to have to choose? This is such a sobering thought. Like, what if you have to choose? And man, you would think that that would be cut and dry and, and Christians in this hour and in the year of 2020, after all we've been to, would hands down say, I'm out, I'm out. Give me the city of, 
of Yahweh that he himself made. Give me that. But I'm telling you, because of the behavior of the church right now, I'm not sure that they would choose that. I'm not sure that they would choose that. I think they would need a minute. Ah, would I keep my job? Would I, would I still have my house? Can I still go out to dinner three or four times a week? Is the mall still open? My bank account's okay, right? Will I lose my car? Will I lose my guns? Friends, we are not ready to come out from among them. We're not. The church is not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And we labor to come out. And I'm not ready. My family's not ready. We talk about it all the time, but we're not ready. I'm not sure what we would choose. If our comforts were lined up in front of us, And we had to choose. Because guess what? As we see often is the case in the biblical pattern of God's dealing with his people, you don't get God's country, if you will, himself, until you leave everything, lose everything, and come out of your own. But we think we're different. Christian America is so arrogant, we've already got it all. And that's what I'm always saying to anyone who would listen. We talk as though we don't have anything that we need. God shed his grace on the America. We are fine. And don't take it away. Don't take away my freedoms. Don't take away my liberties. Don't take away my guns. Don't take away my freedoms now. But I'm saying, and then we're going to move on, Christian American church, what if that's what has to go? What if that's what has to go? I'm telling you, I'm as convinced as sure as I'm sitting in this chair right now The Constitution is going to be a memory. The Constitution of this United States of America is going to be history before long. Amendments? Who cares? These things will be removed. They have to be. It's prophecy. It has to go. And so how ready are you for these things to go? How ready are we for our comforts and things that we say we have to have that that is our right To lay them down and say, Yahweh God, the only rights I have is whatever you say when you say it. And everything else can go. We had better learn these. This, Like I said in the introduction, this is practice for us. This could be a practice season for us. In the Greek, this word for sojourner is xenos. And this word, man, I'd have to practice this all afternoon. Peripedemos. Peripedemos. The latter is my favorite, even though I don't like saying it because it's quite difficult. One who is sojourning as he is awaiting his native country. Christian American church, you're not acting like you're awaiting another country. You're not acting like you're awaiting another country that comes from the Father. You're not. You love it here. You love it here so much, I'm not sure you're going to let it go until great, great trials and tribulations demand you let it go. And many, I'm convinced, the great falling away in my head, and this is for a whole other topic I may never even be set free to actually share, on here anyway, in public. 
I think that's what the I think the great falling away is going to be tied to nationalism. Just let that sink in as possible. I even as if it's a possibility, how would Christian America fare if she had to lay down her rights, her guns, her constitution and depend upon Yahweh to deliver his people? I don't know. I don't know how she's going to do. Pray that she makes it. I pray she lays it all down. But this Peripodemos, one who is sojourning as he is awaiting his native country. Well, where do we see this word? Let's just talk about a couple of them. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. We start right out of the gate. To those who reside as strangers, Peripodemos, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who are chosen. Then it goes on. So this letter is written to those who are sojourning, awaiting their native country. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 continues. It's all throughout here. Beloved, I urge you as foreigners and strangers, peripodemos, as foreigners and strangers abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. So, Can we not just say, according to the Bible now, do we risk giving in to our fleshly lusts if we do not, as foreigners and strangers, abstain from them? Seems that's very plausible from this text, does it not? Fleshly lusts. What are fleshly lusts? Man, we don't have time to go into all that. It is the, the kingdoms of men is steeped top to bottom, stacked with the fleshly lusts of men. Why? Because the the kingdoms of, of men are established to bring you what you want. To bring you what you want. That is That is the American way. What do you want? You can have it all here. Why is there such a constant back and forth about everyone wanting to come here? Now that used to be acceptable and that, that's how we all got here is for the most part is by the beauty of the coming here. Come, weary, tired, depressed, needy, lacking. Come. (laughs) Not anymore. Get out of here. (laughs) You don't belong here. Well, you can come legally, maybe, as long as you're a a, a contributor to my economy. (laughs) But the fleshly lusts, man, they are found. Every crack and crevice of kingdoms of men. America. Now, there's, there's, see, this is the thing, this is the argument where I get into this discussion with most evangelicals. There is not bad America, who's not really America, and good, godly, religious, right, Christian America, who's really America. There is the United States of America, period. There is no, well, I heard this the other day, and man, don't even get me started about this prophetic nonsense. About now there's there's sheep and goat states and sheep and goat counties and sheep and goat cities. I'm just going to stare off into the distance so I don't speak anymore. I mean, how hard are we trying to make all of this make sense? Why can't we just simplify, step back and say this nation is evil? Next, America's evil. She's Babylonian. She is all these things we read in the scripture about those who oppose Yahweh God. 
Why is that so alarming? Well, it scares Christians because, oh no, then we might get judgment. (laughs) Oh no, that would be horrible. Okay, so we looked at sojourner. Sojourning. What it means to sojourn, scripturally speaking. And this is going to be very, very, very important very quickly. The next word is dwell. Okay, we're going to look at these two differing definitions in the scriptures a lot. Sojourn, sojourner, and then we're going to look at dwell, dweller. We have got to know the difference. This is Hebrew word, the Hebrew word is yashav. To sit, to tarry, to abide, and to sit down or inhabit. Okay, that is to dwell, or if you are a dweller, you do these things. If someone says, and you dwelled in that land, you were sitting, tarrying, abiding within, sitting down and inhabiting. That's what you were doing there. You were a dweller. You dwelled there. It's very simple, but needs explained so that we know what we're talking about. To be fair, because I know there are educated people who listen to this program, so I want to be fair. I want to be full. As much as I know how, full of... full. Here, I always say this if you don't know on the program. I correct myself all the time. I'm not full of error, but there's error in here. I, I study for hours on these things. I write out pages and remove half of them and still have 20 left. There's time given to study, to, to, to divide the Word of God and to... to, to, to put it into a process, but I'm a flawed vessel. I I don't know everything. There's many things I don't know and never will, and that's fine. I I do my best, and that's why I want to insert this text, because this could be an arguable point. In Jeremiah chapter 24, we read this, so this needs explaining. We're probably going to have to bring this part to a close. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Okay, so this is the the same understanding about exiles, foreigners. We're going to look at that too. Maybe if I can jump ahead a little bit um, about this exile. Ones who are carried away, captives or migrants, to be clear, biblically speaking. So thus says the Lord to these that that Yahweh himself sent into exile himself to Babylon. He said this, build houses and live in them. Well, this live is Yashav, which is, it's an understanding about, as we just said, tarry, abide, sit down, and inhabit. So, okay, build houses and Yashav in them, dwell in them, live in these houses. Plant gardens, eat their produce, take wives, have sons and daughters, take take wives for your sons, give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply their, don't, um, do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your own. Your own what? Your own welfare. Your own, your own well-doing. Your own good. Now, a topical reading by this may very quickly seem like it negates everything I'm going to promote, which is why I have to bring it up in case anyone listens to what I'm saying and actually studies this out and prepares any kind of rebuttal, which I welcome in every possible way you would like to do that. Please do that. It's good for us to sharpen one another. A topical reading may seem to promote that we are to dwell permanently here. However, this is clearly not the case. Well, how do we know that? Because it seems that that's what that's saying. Because this verse is preceded by clearly naming that these people are exiles. Okay, they're carried away captives. Now, these people 
because of their condition, they are not they are not sent out by Yahweh to be permanent resident dwellers. They are exiles, which means they're going out as migrants. They're 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 what? In in paraphrased form, it's the Hebrews reality reflecting back on all the spiritual fathers who went before us. These people are longing for something that is not yet, that Yahweh God himself will bring to them and bring them into. It is a it is something that is greater than just Okay, just wherever you land, dwell there, have a bunch of children, build up big farms and homes, I'll just get back to you later. It is not that. It's very clear to the exiles whom I have sent into exile to Babylon. We, was Babylon God's intent for his people? Let's just, let's just sit and, and ask that question. If anyone's trying to prepare a, a rebuttal to what I'm presenting, which again is fine, please do that. I'm open to anyone who can actually talk about this without their blood pressure going through the roof. Because it threatens Christian patriotic identity. Don't you dare. <laughs> if you can take it, please call me. Text me. Come by my house. Spend a few days. I'll pay for your... Your expenses to come. <laughs> They're in Babylon. <laughs> They're in Babylon. Okay? We have to get this understanding that there is a great not yet right here. I don't have time to get into that any further. The entire text sets up a temporary dwelling understanding, not permanency, when he says, it goes on to talk about how he will gather them. He will gather his people and he will bring them back. It's all up to him. Basically, he's saying, look, don't get too comfortable here. Populate. Live in a house. But of course, we cannot even get through our minds a rightful explanation that this is somehow insinuating. Make Babylon your home. Make Babylon your kingdom. That's, that's a ludicrous idea. That, that would be foolishness to even promote that. So is that not clear? I mean, is it not clear that Yahweh's not saying, hey, go and have it, live it up in Babylon? Ugh. I'm, I'm thinking of Psalms. Like, how, how can we sing the song of the Lord while we're in a foreign land? Like, there's a disconnect of many of those who went before us thousands of years ago who understood the sojourner principle. We have lost that here in this American blessing in 2020. We've lost that. We don't know that. We've been taught that like walking in God's favor is like, hey, that's what we get, man. I'm in America. I don't care what anybody says. That's how the church is viewed. And rightly so. That's how she carries herself. That's how she acts. We see this all over the place. Deuteronomy 10, verse 19 says, Therefore, you are to love the foreigner. Well, why are you reading that? Well, because of the last half of that verse. Since you were foreigners in the land of Egypt, you, you my people, are, you are traveling through. Now, this is not some Beulah land, you know, everything's just metaphor here. We don't do anything. Man, I am not at all a proponent of rapturitis thinking about... Oh, man, just hold on here. This isn't our home. I'm an alien here. This is not my home. 
No, that, this is, that's why this is so complicated and takes time to unpack. If you want to go back to a teaching series I did almost two years ago about what is man, answering that question that, that, that we see in the Psalms, what is man that, that Yahweh God is mindful of me? What, what are you doing? Well, there's an answer to that, which we're told in the scriptures. We are called, and I referenced it in the introduction, we are called according to live, according to this, what, again, this guy that I love says, this cosmic geography. We are called to place our feet down on this earth and take dominion like we were told to do so in the Garden of Eden. We were told to rule and to reign and to execute and to all these things, yes and amen. And these things can be synonymous, which, again, takes time because they seem conflicting, but they are not in any way. In fact, I would say the only way we can really carry out the Edenic command and, and proclamation and, and endeavor, if you will, is to be separate from everything we're a part of here, is to come out from among them, stay out, and execute dominion wherever I place my feet. Placing the name and the banner of Yahweh Elohim upon my life, upon my home, upon my region, upon, you know what I'm saying? But it's not my home here. I'm a sojourner. I'm a traveler. I'm moving through. We're not going to get to the text today. Oh my goodness. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 26 if you want to read ahead. This stuff takes such time, man. It takes such time to study. It takes such time to get this stuff out. Man, if you've got a teacher, a, a, a pastor, a leader, and he teaches you, man, and he, he speaks to you more than just like a 20-minute message that anybody can regurgitate just off the top of their head if they've read the Bible one time, if you've got a true teacher, a true, true teacher, man, tell him thank you. Thank you, brother, for giving yourself to studying and to studying, and to praying, and to listening to what the Spirit's saying within this text from the proper perspective to give me something real and not just something that I want to hear that everybody else is throwing out there like corn before the cows in the pasture. It's a rare, rare gift. If you have that, be thankful. This stuff takes time, man. This stuff takes time. Have I said that before? We're going to have to just stop. We're going to have to stop and make this part one. Part one. But again, to, to, to leave this one behind right here. Sojourner is to be a temporary inhabitant, a stranger or an alien. Toshav is the same. It's used in that Psalm 39. A stranger, one who lives abroad, one who's not from here. The New Testament understanding talks about one who is sojourning as he is awaiting his native country. Friend, are you comfortable here? Do you want to stay here? Are you clawing to the death to keep America and Christian patriotic evangelical ways on life support? If you are, friends, please listen to what I'm saying. Would you please consider asking if that is what Yahweh Elohim desires in this hour? Or is it time to lay it down? Is it time to put it down? Because again, man, I feel this. I feel it all the time, but I wasn't expecting to feel it in the recording today. I am convinced that the great falling away is going to be those who will not release their liberties. 
They won't do it. We're not doing it. And that's what terrifies me about this hour. Because almost every single human being that I know that's in the church is going after this, this, this dream of we will not let our liberties go. Don't you dare try. And if you do, you're all going down. Oh, this oh, concerns me greatly. Because I think we're trying to fight for something that Yahweh God is wanting to deliver us from and out of. So friends, I'm going to say this and we'll be done. Will you come out? Will you ask, God, are you asking me to come out of my Christian, patriotic, evangelical, American ideal? Are you asking me to give that up? It's possible. Because we've got to know. Are we sojourning or are we dwelling? Are we dwellers in a land that we are meant to sojourn through? All of us will have to answer that question, I believe, so soon. Weeks, maybe months. We're going to have to answer that question. And we're not going to answer it with our mouths alone. We're going to answer it with our decisions. We're going to answer it with our rights. They're going to be taken. They're going to be taken. They're going to be taken. I've yet to hear a prophet say that. I've yet to hear a prophet say that from the point, the vantage point of maybe Yahweh God is so is going to lead you to a place where for your good they will be taken. Instead of this fear tactic nonsense in this prophetic movement of the hour. I don't think we know God, friends. I don't think we know him as he is. Because he is good. He is right. His ways are above our ways. And if he wants all of this, he can have it all. No restraint, no holding back. So friends, please consider. Are you going to be a sojourner? Are you going to be a dweller? We're going to get to the heart of the text again. We're going to look at Isaac Redigging the wells of his father in Genesis chapter 26. I absolutely promise part two is going to get right into that text. This text, if you give it an opportunity, I believe the father's going to drive home this point. He's going to make it crystal clear, I think, to anyone who has ears to hear. I pray that that's you. I hope it's me. I hope it's me. Visit us at pathdesign.com. Do whatever you want to do with these videos, but please consider sharing them. If anyone you know or if you yourself are actually open to actually asking a question, am I a sojourner or a dweller in a land God does not want me to dwell? If you're willing to ask, share this video. Send us an email. Reach out to us anytime. I will read it the day you send it. Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Part two will come up next. Amen.